nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Welcome to the podcast from Doug Ground Up Productions with hosts Lady Miz and Ray. This, 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 this is a universal platform and there is nothing off limits. We talk about it all and we keep it real. This is a no judgment zone. So come so as you come are. As you are. If you are a professional, entertainer, author, comedian, entrepreneur, or just someone who wants to get something off their chest, well, let your voice be heard here on From the Ground Up Productions. Sponsorship and other opportunities are available from the Ground Up Productions. Turning nothing into something. There's only one way to go from here. here. And now, here are your hosts, Lady Miz and Ray. What's good, people? It's your girl, Lady Miz, and I'm rocking with my co-host. You already know what it is. You're tuned in to From the Ground Up Productions, and there is only, only, only one way to go from here. Check it out. Check it out. Check it out. Yo, check it out. We got somebody dope on the show today. We got somebody super dope. We got DJ 12. That's why y'all see me doing my little mix real quick. I, I think I could be a DJ. Because I, I know I know what they supposed to sound like when the songs blend, but I don't know if I could actually do it. But yo, I was on his show and he's a dope person. He got a lot going on. I want y'all to meet this brother. So let's welcome DJ 12 to the show. What's up, yo? What's going on? How you doing? Chilling, chilling. All right. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm a little tired. I just finished uh, doing a little work around the house. Had the day off, so I turned it into a honeydew day, but it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you got to put in work even when you're not at work. That's yes, how it be. <laughs> well, Ray already knows the rule. Happy wife, yeah. happy life. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And the only way to keep them happy is doing their honey-do list. Oh, Lord and Lord. <laughs> well, as long as y'all know how to keep us happy, we all good there, right? It's all good, yeah. So listen, I mean, why other don't than you... That, um, everything's good. Okay, great, great. So why don't you uh, tell the people a little bit about yourself and what you do? Uh, my name is DJ12. I am... Uh, the host of The Time Machine on WRTWDB, Raw Truth Radio, which comes on every Saturday from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. And uh, I've been a working DJ for, uh, I guess, close to 30 years, maybe more. I mean, I started doing this when I was a kid. I'm a, I'm an original South Bronx B-boy kid, uh -oh, uh, so all the way from the spinning. Big up to the Bronx. <laughs> That's right. My, my hometown. A big shout also. out to everybody in St. Mary's down on 149th Street. That's where I'm from. And uh, I want to give a special shout out to my man, DJ Wayne Will. That's one of the original throwbacks. Um, I started DJing right in his living room. You know, he was the first uh, one of our crew that I knew that had two turntables and a, and a mixer. And like back in the day, that's how it was. Two turntables and a mic. And that's all you needed to get it popping. Right. You know, we were those kids that were out in the park and plugged up to the lamp posts and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, grew up with some of the greats. Theodore lived up the block. DJ AJ lived in the same building. Melly Mel was from around the corner. 
Cowboy lived a couple of blocks away. I mean, we were really in that era of watching hip hop grow and develop. And I don't think any of us knew at the time just how big an entity it would become. Right. Um, I'm a 39 year member of the NYPD, School Safety Division. So big shout out to all my people in the powder blue, you know, and uh, we going through our own political changes right now, but you know, God works everything out. You know, the things you have no control over, you just let rock. The things you can control, that's what you handle. I so, uh, other than that, uh, that's me in a nutshell. Yeah. Okay. How many, okay. how many, how many records did you mess up before you actually got the control of knowing how to DJ? Oh man! <laughs> wow! Because yeah, nobody talks about that. No, he's he. I know it. I know it. I know exactly what he meant. And back then, like the worst thing you could do was like scratch up a record that you really wanted to use. Yeah. So the, the the slick part became practicing on records that were basically irrelevant or getting more than one. So instead of getting two top copies so that you could have one on each turntable, you actually get three. And like I would practice on one. So if I wanted to make sure my mixes on something like Apache were real good, I would take that one and constantly work that one. And this way, if I messed it up and I scratched it and I messed it up where it wouldn't play right, well, I would toss that one and still have the two good ones to use when I was actually mixing. But, you know, you mess up a lot. You know, the, wow. muscle memory means so much. When I stopped, because I stopped for years, and um, I actually became a party promoter. I moved up here to the Poconos, which is where I am now. I still work in New York, but I live in Pennsylvania. Okay. And uh, I came up here and I met a, a, a partner from mine from the Bronx, uh, my man, Mike Stern, shout out to Mike. And uh, we just decided after we went to a couple of, of events that we didn't think were up to New York standards, he made a joke one time and said, you know what, that party was whack because I didn't get to go. So he went to kind of represent and I asked him the next day, like, yo, how was the thing? He was like, yo, it's garbage. And I was like, for oh, real? And, and, no, and listen, you, you, my boys don't bite their tongue. Mike just came straight out. He said, yo, it was garbage. I was like, yo, was it that bad? He was like, yeah. And it was a New Year's Eve thing. So you know you don't oh, want to go wow. to a bad New Year's oh, Eve event. No, That's not the way you want to bring in the New event. Like that. Right. So he turned around and in a joke, he said, we could have done better ourselves. Mm. And I just started laughing. But then after we finished talking, I thought about it. And I called him back and I was like, Mike, you know what? One thing they don't really have popping up here is a lot of really primo events. There was one other group that was really putting it down and they still going, big shout out to Lincoln Sessions group. You always see them, they do the oldies, um, the, the oldies review, they used to do it down in Stroudsburg and now they do it um, out in Baltimore and they go down to the Harbor and all kinds of stuff. But that was the only other group that really was doing good events. And I told Mike, well, let's go ahead and crunch some numbers and honestly see, you know, if we could make it happen. And we decided that our investment to return was worth it. So we invested a couple of dollars each. We threw a feel out event and people turned out. And then we did a couple of theme events, you know, like a like an all leather party. Then we did a black and white affair. And then we actually did our own New Year's event. And like, it was just crazy. And we threw one event one time, I'll share this with y'all. 
it was it was snowing like crazy. And we just knew that was gonna kill it. We were like, man, we got a Saturday, we got the hall open, we were there. And like a couple of people that lived close to the venue showed up, which we were appreciative of that. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, around 9, 10 o'clock, it stopped snowing. Now we could only have the place to 2 a.m. because of Pennsylvania, by law, 2 a.m. you gotta shut down. They don't do after hours. Okay. So Mike was standing by the window and all of a sudden he goes, hey man. We got some headlights rolling in. I'm like, okay, cool. So a couple of people came and I guess people realized it wasn't snowing and people started calling us like, yo, the party's still on? And we were like, yeah, it's still on. And they heard the music. They're like, yo, we be right there. Within 30 minutes, the place was packed. When we got to one o'clock in the morning, people were still coming. We were like, you know, we got to shut it down in two. They were like, we don't care. How much? <laughs> okay, all right. And, they, and I mean, they came, we had to break the buffet table down because so many people showed up. We, we ran out of places for them to sit. We literally had to shut the buffet table down, move the food into the kitchen so that people would have another table to sit, eat, and drink. And uh, it turned out to be a great event, and we just kept going. And uh, what we used to do is we would hire local cats to spin because I wasn't spinning then. I was just interested in making the money, hosting the event. We walked around, made sure everybody was good, and we okay. kept it moving. Okay. But, um, you know, when you hire outside entities, especially when you get good folks, you know, we were bringing the cats up from New York. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's money. And then Absolutely. we started trying to use some of the local guys to kind of give some of the local people some shine. And we didn't know all of them, so we'd do like a little, little mini uh, uh, audition. And then if we thought they were all right, we'd let them rock. But, you know, there were people that turned around again and they was like, yo, Vern, bruh, come on now. I've heard better stuff in your car. Oh. And I'm like, uh, they like, didn't you use the spin? I was like, yeah. They was like, you need to go ahead and get back behind the turntables. Oh, wow. And I was like, nah, I'm not doing it. And then finally, even Mike was like, yo, man, go ahead and do it one time and just see what happens. So I had a little windfall, you know, one of them good tax years. And I said, all right, let me invest. Let me go ahead and get me a, a kitty set. And I got a little starter kit, a couple of speakers, two turntables and a mic. And I got the fever back. So I went back to spinning and uh, that took off too. You know, I started working with a wedding planner and uh, she used to hire me and my partner. We went by the name of um, um, Mo Better Music at that time. And uh, so shout out to my man, Norman. That's my man, DJ Jelly Bean. And uh, he and I just kind of went our separate ways, not completely, you know, just from a business standpoint. Okay. Um, I guess, you know, a certain brand starts to grow and, and I'm someone who constantly looks at a bigger picture, but life doesn't work expanding like that for everybody. So I created my own company, which is 12 to 12 Entertainment. And I picked 12 to 12 because it has a link to my name. And my logo is a clock because I believe in 12 to 12, whether 12 a.m. to p.m. or p.m. to a.m., good music around the clock. Oh, okay. And that was where that came from. What that meant. Okay, okay. Oh, well, the 12, in my name, honestly, that's a nickname. I've had that nickname since I was a kid. Uh, Let me see if I can give you the short version. I had a friend (laughs) who was always in a hurry. And because he used to hurry all the time, one of our other homeboys, one day told him, yo, 56, slow down. 
And everybody stopped like, yo, why you call him 56? He said, because the speed limit is 55 and his little fat ass is always over. <laughs> so we all <laughs> fell out laughing. And, and homeboy that got the number for the nickname did not like it. Bad enough we was laughing, but he <laughs> did not like it. So it became his mission from that point forward to try to find a number and a name or something for everybody else. Okay. Now, I am his polar opposite. I am known, I'm notorious, family, friends, everybody that know me know I'm notorious for being slow. I don't rush for nothing. They'd be like, hey, 12, yo, they like, Vern, we going to play ball or something. You know, we got nine, we need 10 for that to run the long one. Go get your stuff. And I go drifting off and they like, oh, come on, bro. Like, Not doing it. You know, it's, and then they like, they know I like my clothes. So they like, oh, now he got to figure out what he going to wear. He got a zillion oh, pair of sneakers. He got to figure that out. You know, so, and one day I was doing something and he turned around and he was there and he's in his normal hurry, hurry, hurry mode. And I'm taking my sweet time. He goes, come on, man, 12, hurry up. And everybody stopped and they were like, what you call him? He said, call him 12. They said, why you call him 12? He said, cause he's so fucking slow. It take him 12 hours to do everything. <laughs> <laughs> and wow. I couldn't say nothing. Everybody know I got a smart ass mouth. I'm, I'm one of them. We played the dozens back in the day. The last thing you wanted to do was start with me because I'd get you. But I was stuck because I know I'm slow. And the way you <laughs> did it, I was caught. And I like, I didn't so say that. Go ahead and keep that See one. how y'all are laughing? Everybody started laughing. They were like, yo, he got you. They were like, you, they were like, fools, you right. 12 fits. He's 12 hours. Yeah. And from that day forward, they just dropped 12 on me and 12 stuck. Even when my wife met my friends around the block, uh-huh. the first time she went around there, I get out the car, they like, yo, 12, what's up? She was like, did they just call you a number? Oh, I can't wait to hear this. Oh, <laughs> as soon as I told her what it was, she was like, mm, yeah, that's true. You slow. <laughs> there was no argument. Everybody who hears that, who honestly knows me, even at work, they like, yeah, it's true, he's slow. All right, so I the name fits. So the name fits. It does. It does. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't. I don't argue with it. I don't complain. But then when I started spinning, I couldn't find a name. I'm thinking, I'm trying to figure out something with a V. I'm born in November. There's a million DJ Scorpios, and I was like, I already got a nickname. Let me just stick with twelve and see how it rocks. And as they say, I guess you could say the rest is history. Yeah. All right. Okay. So that I. Who, now, what was the guy name that gave you that name? What was his name? Uh, his name is Julio Delgado. We all called him Fuji. So shout out to you, Fuji. You made <laughs> yeah, history and didn't even you. know. <laughs> all right. So, all right. So DJ 12, let's talk about your show. Um, you got a show also that you do. So talk to us about that and who you interviewed on your show as well. The people that you okay. had on your My show. My show is the, the Time Machine. I, I kind of specialize in uh, throwbacks, you know, classic R&B and old school original hip hop. And uh, it's been my pleasure over the years to really entertain some outstanding artists. And I don't know how that happened, you know, Everybody asks me, like, how do you get these people on your show? So, I will tell you, honestly, some of it is just plain luck. You know, I've reached out to, to celebrities on Facebook and they've responded. I've hit people on LinkedIn. Sometimes you just go to Wikipedia and sometime in their bio, it's, you know, contact information or you go to their 
Facebook or their Instagram and then say, hey, for bookings, contact so-and-so. Mm-hmm. All you could do is is reach out. All they could tell you is yes or no. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. And I and I know you guys know that because you do the same thing. Absolutely. And sometimes it's a matter of just being persistent. You hit them up. Sometimes you don't get an answer. Sometimes if you don't give up and you hit them up a second or a third time, you know, they start to say, you know what, maybe this person is serious. Let me right. check them out. Right. So right. I've, I've had Melissa Morgan on the show, Chucky Booker, uh, Yarborough Peoples. I did a funk summit where I had all of these funk artists come together from the Ohio players, Switch, um, Rick James, Stone City Band. And we talked about where funk falls in their place in music industry because everybody thinks about going from like the Motown 60s mm-hmm. right into the disco 70s and then the, the hip hop and rap of the 80s and 90s. And they forget about that funk era when Parliament and all of them was just blowing up the spot. Okay. But those are where all the samples are coming from. So that was a great discussion. But then um, recently, even during the pandemic, um, I found that a lot of artists were home, just like me. You know, I was home for a while. Absolutely. And uh, they're not rehearsing, you know, because of social distancing. They're not on tour. You know, things have been canceled. And so I started reaching out. And uh, I have a PR person. I want to shout her out. Her name is Tanya Hawley. Um, okay. outstanding she is really good at what she does and uh she hit me up and was like hey would you like to have robert bell i said cool from cool in the gang she said yeah i was like sure wow. and then she says i got another one for you and you gotta hold your hat for this one i'm like sure she's always would you want to interview Dion warwick and Woo! i was like uh, i dropped the bomb on that absolutely. one you already know Go ahead, man, drop it. And I was like, I, I didn't know what to say. I was like, really, Dion Warwick? And she was like, yeah. And I was like, wow, that's like straight royalty. Yes. So three weeks in a row, I had Chris Jasper from the Izzy Brothers, who I've had on the show uh, more than once. He's an outstanding individual. Uh, I've had his wife on the show with him. She's hilarious. Um, the two of them are so balanced. You know, you see the yin and the yang in that. Uh, right. Much like the two of you, because oh, okay. I've watched a few of your podcasts. Miz got all the energy. Ray is all laid back. And that's the perfect couple. You know, you got that yin and the yang. Balance that's Chris and his wife. That's yeah. Right. And he allowed me the luxury of dropping uh, one of his brand new singles on the show. And then he came on and we talked about it. Uh, cool Bell was like outstanding because, I mean, at, who doesn't know Cool in the Gang? And you very rarely right. get to hear from him. You know, it was always the other members of the band, especially his brother Ronald, who did a lot of the talking on behalf of the group. So to get him and they really have him open up was like really good. I didn't expect that from him. And then Dion Warwick, like I said, that's um that's royalty. That's yeah, like having Lena Horn or somebody on the show. She was so extraordinarily gracious. And I'll share this with you. I never do interviews with anything written down. I tend to maybe have their bio or something where I can see it. Mm-hmm. And just like we're doing now, I like it to, to be conversational. I let it free flow. Right. Not right. for her. Not for her. Miz, I told you when oh, you yeah, were you on the show. Tell me that. You I was nervous. I wrote everything <laughs> down. I didn't want to mess nothing up. I didn't want to offend her. Uh, but she was so gracious and it was such a wonderful thing. And then I'm not going to leave out, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I had uh, DC, the Brain Supreme from Tag Team. So, you know, that commercial with the scoop, there it is, is hot right yeah. now. So it was fun having him. Yes. But then I get 
Then I get those other individuals that a lot of people may not know, but they are outstanding people. And I had one last Saturday. <laughs> hold up, uh -huh. hold up, hold up, hold up. Lola. <laughs> it took me a minute, but I got it. I got it. <laughs> That's why, tell them who it is. Tell them who it is. <laughs> I had the one and only from the ground up productions Lady yes. Miz was on the show. Yes. And I want you to know, I'm telling you right here on your show, people want you to come back. They didn't get enough of you. Really? Oh, wow. Yes. Well, the listeners was like, yo, she's good. She was deep. She was clear. She was funny. They really enjoyed you. And the very last question they hit me was, when she coming back? Wow. And with all that we have going on uh, as a country, as a people, um, oh, yeah. I, I really think, you know, we need to have our voices. Um, thank you for this opportunity um, to support your show the way you supported mine by coming Absolutely. on. Uh, I so appreciate you. You know, the Chauvin trial is coming to an end and I'm yeah. really holding my breath bad uh, mm. for how that turns out. You know, if, if we think about it, the death of George Floyd um, caused worldwide consternation and uprising. Absolutely. I don't even want to picture what would happen if for some reason Chauvin gets off. You know, we thought the rioting and everything was bad. Um, yeah. Because George Floyd died, I will honestly say America will probably never see how the roof would get blown off of this country if this man does not get found guilty and is subsequently incarcerated for a murder that we all witnessed. I mean, I thought oh it was bad God. when we watched Rodney King get a beat down okay. and then they let them cats go and you basically told us that we couldn't believe our eyes. But you're not gonna tell me not to believe my eyes when I saw a videotape and actually watched a man die on the street at the hands of another man. Mm. Uh, from everything I've seen about the trial and, and my area of uh, legal expertise, I really think the prosecution has done an outstanding job. I don't really see a loophole for him to get off. But we've well, said that before. I was, had negative say, I was just about so, to say, because sometimes, and, and this is when, when it goes into talking about the system. Um, um, I feel, what's the guy? Uh, he's a comedian, the African guy. He has a talk show. I forget his name. Oh my God. Talk show? Oh, yeah. um, oh, you talking Trevor Noah. Tre Trevor Noah. Trevor Noah. Right. Yeah. I was I was listening to him. Um, somebody, uh, I think Demo what he sent me something that he said, and um it was pretty much he was saying, Where are the good apples? Right? Like all cops obviously are not bad. You was a police officer, correct? You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. I know I know a lot of police officers, but the question is, where are the good ones? Because what he's saying is, we don't get to see them. We don't get to see them. And the thing is, in a situation like that, it's so deep because we have people putting their, line, their lives on the line as well, right? Because you do need some type of law and order, right? So you, right, do. you do. I don't care what nobody say. You need that, period. But the thing is, when we have people coming into our neighborhood to see us as a threat, no matter what the situation is, a 13-year-old boy just got shot 
and killed. And what, a week before that, it was a, a 20 year old. It's like, yep. our kids can't even grow up. I don't even want my son to leave the house because it's, it's, it's frightening and we should not have to live in fear. But the reason that I feel we do is because we keep depending upon a system that was never made to protect us in the beginning. So for me, only dealing with the surface of things and not getting to the root, it's like planting the seed Oh, what's the what's what's those flowers that grow back every year? The weeds. You know what <laughs> I mean? No, not oh, no, no, that grow back though. Annuals. Yes, yes, right. So you that grow. If I chop the top off, right, that's just like dealing with that. But the same thing's gonna come right back out because what's in the root is what's in this country, which is hate and racism. And that right there alone, I don't even know if that would ever get fixed. Well, I, I really don't. Do you know? Like I, I hope. But listen, the people been dying for us for years and we still right here, right now, dealing with the same thing. And to me, in the same way. Yeah, you know, not for nothing. There is, a, you know, there are good cops and I'm explaining to you why we don't see the good ones. Because an example of we have the, the female up in Rochester who got fired for actually stopping a white cop from choking somebody. They fired her and took her pension and everything. So that's oh, what scares a lot of cops from doing it. It's like, what? I'm gonna lose my job for actually doing the right thing, you know? Well, I think this is what surprised a lot of people about the Chauvin trial, um, that a number of police officers at high levels, you know, you had the chief of police, you had the lieutenant who was the training officer, uh, you had the use of force expert that came from the LAPD, this is the first time I think people have honestly seen during the trial other police officers step forward and say unequivocally, this individual was wrong. You know, everyone talks about the blue wall of silence. And if that wall starts to crumble, and I think the burden is on all the men and women in law enforcement, that if you see someone who you work with doing the wrong thing, if you are cognizant if you are loyal to the oath that you swore, then if somebody's doing something wrong, you owe it to that oath, you owe it to the public, and you owe it to yourself to stop that individual from doing the wrong thing. If it costs you in the end, it will never cost you overall because God sees the work that you put in. So if I have to, you know, one of the things that was so disappointing about that video it's not the guys that were necessarily holding his legs, but that other uh, Asian young man that was standing there going back and forth with the crowd. They were begging him like, yo, are you going to let him do this and you aren't going to do anything? And I don't care how much you feel like someone else has seniority or whatever, or how it may look or how the, the word to get back to your precinct or to the job about what kind of partner you are. Even if he would have pushed him or startled him, something that would have took that pressure off of him just for a couple of seconds, maybe he would have got that breath or two that he needed. Yeah. But to just stand there, um, worse than any judgment we could give him, those individuals have to live with their own consciences. So I, I pray for everything to get better, um, but it's a system that has been oppressive from the beginning. That's right. Um, strange fruit no longer hangs from the trees 
you know, there's some type of fruits that grow out of the ground and that's where you find the bodies now. So it's, they're lynching us differently, yep. but it's not stopping. You know, we've had, had, we've had just as many tragic deaths after George Floyd as we had before George Floyd. So Absolutely. what message is not getting through? And that goes back to your point. You know, is it so systemic that we'll never come out from under? I would like to hope not. And I'll continue to pray that the outcome is different for someone who encounters a police officer somewhere down the road. Because look how I look today. I'm not in uniform. When I get pulled over, I'm just another black man and I'm big. You know, I'm six foot three, I weigh 230, almost 240 pounds. If I get out of the car, I know for a fact that someone can act on me and just say, I was intimidated. He was imposing. They'll, they'll say all of that. But it size doesn't matter. Because when Ray's driving down the street, guess what? He's just another black man in the car too. And mothers like you shouldn't have to worry about your sons and your husbands being able to go and come. Remember, George Floyd was just going to the grocery store and he never came back home. Yeah, not for nothing. It's not even the men anymore. They're going after the women too. They're Absolutely. killing women, you know? Correct. Like Breonna Taylor, she's in her Correct. house, you know? You, you're not even safe in your house anymore. I think, you know, too, what, what really bothers me is that, and I mean, I, I guess it's just all a part of the system and what they got to do as far as um, being a DA or a lawyer on a case. But it's like our people get murdered and then they're the ones on trial. Everything, uh, oh, well, he was doing this. None of that makes a difference because you didn't know any of that when you did what you did. Just searching for stuff and and just to try to discredit and uh, uh you know them and have an excuse and an outlet for why you did what you did and and sadly sometimes it works most of the time it works. And now a word from our sponsors. Loga Ika is a computer graphic design center for animation used for social media, websites, music videos, and also private graphic design for book covers, logos, and many more design services to assist enhancing the client's brand. You can find Loga Ika on Instagram at L-O-G-O-I-K-A dot G-F-X. If you are looking for new or used items such as furniture, clothing, appliances, and so much more, then you want to check out JD Cargo Express Thrift Store on 39 North Main Street in Middletown, New York. They are open from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. They also accept donations, which you can drop off at any time during business hours. If you want to check out some nice, new, or lightly used items, such as name brand clothing and other things, then head over to JD Cargo Express Thrift Shop on 39 North Main Street, Middletown, New York. That's JD Cargo Express thrift shop on 39 north street middletown new york and tell them you heard it here on from the ground up productions yeah yeah most of the times it works. well i'm glad you brought does. up yep and i'm glad you brought up the district attorneys that's been one of my theories uh of something that will alleviate some of the systemic racism district attorneys right now are elected uh officials yep. make it a job and why am i saying that as long as I have to count on someone's vote, I'm going to cater 
to certain entities who have such a strong voice, like the unions. If I'm a district attorney, the last thing I want to do is piss off the police union because that carries so much weight in the vote. I'll probably serve one term and I'll be out of there. Make it a job or, and I don't know why any one of them hasn't really considered it. Make it clear that when you indict someone like a Derek Chauvin, you're not indicting the police department. You're indicting an individual who committed a crime against society while wearing the uniform of a police officer. And it is that violation of that uniform. Law enforcement is one of the few areas where the entire job gets indicted for the wrong actions of one, that bad apple. Yep. You know, if, if a doctor does something and he kills somebody, we don't quit going to the hospital. We don't say, see, all them doctors are like that. But the minute something happens, if you wear a uniform, one bad, all bad. One good, all good. It goes the other way. Because I'm telling you right now, after 9-11, we were passing people on the street and people that we never saw before were like, wow, oh my God, you guys, you rock. Thank you so much. Thank you for your service. Oh, you do so much. People do it now. And some of it I know is genuine. And some of it I also know is conscious. Because you got some people who respect the cops, but still don't like Black people. So then when someone like me shows up, they're caught. Yeah. <laughs> what outweighs what outweighs oh, their, their ability to communicate? Mm. You if if I walked up like this, you wouldn't have nothing to do with me. But I walk right. up in uniform, there's a certain level of respect you have for that. There's an acknowledgement that I'm providing a service, but it's the fact that I'm black. Am I a police officer who happens to be black? Or am I a black person who happens to be a cop? And that's always going to be a question because mm. color shouldn't come into it. You know, if I'm a great lawyer, don't say he's a great black lawyer. This is the same thing you hear in sports. Oh, what a great, he's a great black quarterback. Why can't I just be a great quarterback? Why well, got to be a black quarterback? No one says Aaron Rodgers is a great white quarterback. He's a great quarterback. <laughs> Drew Brees is a great quarterback. Tom Brady is a great quarterback. Then we talk about Culpepper or we talk about uh, Randall Cunningham or somebody else, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, he's one of the best black quarterback. Oh, Michael Vick. Oh, what a great black quarterback. He stop. We don't have to be black. Just let the profession and your body of work speak for itself. When we can take color out of the equation and just recognize people for their contribution, Martin said it best: recognize people for the content of their character, not the color of their skin. Absolutely. Unfortunately, we're still a long way away. So I'm just going to continue to pray that things get better. Um, but I think as long as we keep conversations like this going, we got to talk about it. We got to put it we out do. there. People don't want to yep. talk about it. You know, people act like white people don't want to talk about it. Let me tell you something. Black people don't want to talk about it. That's you a start talking race and color, it's like, well, you know. Ain't no well you know. If we don't talk about it, you know, you and I started talking about it on the show last week. How come we don't make the same amount of noise when our kids are out there killing each other there right outside go. our house? If we don't make the same amount of noise about black on black crime that we make about white on black crime, unfortunately, I believe there's a section of society that'll never take us serious. You know, because it's like, well, if you're killing each other and it don't upset you, why are you upset if I kill one of you? What's the difference? 
Well, there, there is no difference, but that's not an excuse. It's not. For them to, that's definitely not an excuse for them to say it's okay. It's not okay no matter who did it and no matter what color you are. And I totally they, agree with you on mm -hmm. the fact that we shouldn't be focused on an individual is a human being. But the only thing that I would say is it's okay. Like, see, we... The reason sometimes people get uncomfortable to mention color is because there's something in that that makes them feel uncomfortable. So, and what I mean by that is this, if I'm talking to um, a white lady and she has, and I have to describe somebody to her, right? Or she has to describe somebody to me. She might be uncomfortable to say, oh, the that girl over there, the black girl, right? That just might be a part of her feature. See, the thing is we can't be uncomfortable with, that either, because a lot of times we're so extra sensitive and there's reasons for it. But sometimes people are so extra sensitive when it comes to certain statements that people just, they're so afraid to, to say the wrong thing or to, to say a word because they think that someone's going to get offended. So um, saying someone is, okay, uh, the guy over there, the black guy over there, okay, if he's black, there ain't nothing wrong with that. You know what I'm saying? If and, and saying I don't see color, I think that's more of a problem. Because if I'm black, I'm black. I'm a black woman, right? That's okay. If someone is uncomfortable with that, then let's talk about why that's uncomfortable. Why is it that me being a black woman is uncomfortable? I, well, I could say, you know, part of that is because mm -hmm. sometimes we as black people are so used to hearing when white people mention our name or black or color, it's in a negative light. So when mm -hmm. you hear them say the black person over there, it's all it's automatically gonna trigger something negative. Right. You know, right. Because we've they're both there, there we you know what? That. We've been trained and 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 I'm talking about everybody in America has been trained to identify people a certain way. You know, if there were two white girls standing on the side and they were two sales girls and you said, Vern, which one of them helped you? I might say the tall one because I know they're both white. I'm the tall one. Or I'll say the blonde. If one's a blonde, one's a brunette, oh, the blonde helped me. Me and Ray standing on the other side, they know we're both black. They'll say, which one of them helped you? And they would get stuck like, um, <laughs> the, um, uh, can't say the black guy, we both black. Can't say the guy in the glasses, we both got them on. But it would take them longer because if it was a black guy and a white guy over there, right away they would go to color. Yep. Even if I was 6'3 and the white guy was 5'2, they wouldn't say, oh, the tall guy. They would say, oh, the right. black guy helped me. Or the young white guy helped me. Yep. You know, so we, it's become ingrained that we just talk color in this country. Right. And like Ray said, it's usually something negative. You know, you've, I, the funniest thing I ever heard growing up in America was reverse racism. Mm. If you can talk about reverse racism, doesn't that mean that the original racism exists? <laughs> <laughs> yes. If it exactly. doesn't, what are you reversing? Right. Well, get out of here. They, oh, and, but oh, you that, know what? They don't even see that part. We got to get to a better place. We got to get to a better place. But, you and, know, and there's, me, a, there's a, there's a, I'll, I'll, I'll stop my point for no, 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 you go. no, go ahead. No, you go ahead. Um, no, it's okay. There's a documentary on Netflix right now called Two Distant Strangers. Anybody who hasn't watched it, please watch it. It's only 33 minutes long. If okay. you guys haven't seen it, check it out. Um, it sends such a deep message. And, and at the end of the day, without giving the whole thing away, mm -hmm. the mindset should be, we will continue 
to try. Because if we give up, nothing will ever change. That is a fact. And I'll say that. That is a fact. You're absolutely right. And I, I, I want to say this because I think it's so important. Um, us Black people, we have to get a lot of things together for ourselves, too. We really have to see value in us. We can't be yelling out to everybody else to see us in a certain way. And we are not showing that for ourselves we are not producing that we're not representing that so it's so much that has to be worked on but it ain't gonna happen overnight and i do i agree with you uh we can't give up um when and and i just want to clarify something me saying that i don't just because i might not think or because of what's going on sometimes you lose faith in the system and all of that stuff but it doesn't mean stop because see I'm going to keep going regardless because if I can't stop. Somebody else before me died so that I could be here. If they would have stopped, I wouldn't be here right now. Yep. So it's, it's also fact. for the ones coming after us. For the ones coming after us, it's not really just about us. So we, got, we can't be selfish. So no matter what, we always got to fight for what's right, fight for ourselves, for our people and those who come after us. Otherwise, it's, a, it's like a failed generation and it keeps going down. You know, you know, yeah, I, I, and I say it starts with our, it starts with us now teaching our kids to show value instead of things themselves, right. you know, because what you see now, these police killings, they're more, they're going after our kids now because they are our voice. They are the voice that's going to carry what we teach them. And as you, like I said, I can't say it no other way. They're killing these, uh, they're killing them younger and younger. They're getting younger and younger. Well, I, I want to say this other thing. And in 12, you know, we got, we're going to have to, we're going to have to get together on these conversations because this, Let's this, do it. this definitely needs to happen on a regular basis. And let me okay. tell you, it starts at home. Yep. And the reason I say that is because see family structure is falling apart. I'm looking at even in my family, I'm like, what's going on? You know, like, the grandmas that's no longer here, you know, that kept the family together. And then once it's going down generation to generation of who's now the leader, because they got to be leaders in the family, point blank. You know what I mean? We can all have a leadership role, but there's always that one that makes sure everybody come together. And when I talk to all my friends and other family members, everybody's so separated. And then that's where depression comes in. People think I don't need nobody. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. You can act like you don't, but most of the time, the reason why you're probably depressed is because you holding on to grudges over here, not talking to this family member, and everybody's so separated, and there's so much division within our family. How in the hell are we going to say Black Lives Matter and get along with people outside the home when inside the home ain't right? That's, I mean... Look, we're going to have to talk. <laughs> uh, listen, I, I guarantee you, my wife, Andrea, would have gave you two thumbs up on that one. Um, she constantly talks about how we've gotten away from the nuclear family. Yeah. You know, where, where we saw everybody at home. You know, one thing uh, we were even talking about at work, you know, is all the unfortunate attacks uh, that are occurring on a lot of Asian Americans, but especially the elderly ones. And the key is, is they're accessible. You know, uh, Asian culture, and without being stereotypical, but just a, a generalization, 
they tend to keep their older people at home. You don't find them in nursing homes and things like that. Right. So they are in the neighborhood. They are where you see them. They're walking, they're moving around. Unfortunately, now with all this other foolishness going on, it makes them easy to target because they're there. But we need to get back to that, that time where we keep families close. There's yeah. nothing wrong with wanting to be successful and to branch out and to buy a home and all that. But we didn't move so extraordinarily far from each other where one is in this state and someone's going over here. You know, we kind of all lived in the same town. We lived in the same area um, because you wanted that, that unification of family. But we have all this digital opportunity. So I'm going to stick with the new age. We just need to stay connected. If that means picking up your phone and FaceTiming somebody or Zooming somebody, you know, during the pandemic, I, I give a lot of people credit. I think a lot of people found out that there's value in reconnecting with family when we were forced to stay apart um, by what was going on. You know, because now a lot of people have regular family Zoom conferences where they just get together. And it's nice to see people on the other end of the screen and to be able to connect facially, even though you can't give them a hug, give them a five. It's way better than being on the phone. I don't think we did phone conferences, but now that people are embracing technology, I mean, it's, it's great. Look at this forum right here. You know, this might've just been a phone call some years ago, yep. um, but it's so nice not to just to talk, but to see people and, and there's a certain engagement. Um, thank you so much for, for afford me this opportunity. Thank you for all you guys do. I am so extraordinarily proud of you, you that you're hosting this show as husband and wife. You don't may not understand what a message that sends to the people who watch your show. You don't have to be with somebody. You could be with the same person you're with for almost 24 hours a day, still work together and still feel and show the love. I appreciate you. God thank bless you. you. So thank much. you. I thank appreciate you. you. And thank you too. You know, your show is, is the same thing. And that's why I said I want to definitely stay connected with you because these type of conversations definitely need to ha be had. We need to have them. I don't know why. I think I'm getting tired. Right. We need to definitely have these type of conversations. And, and it can't just be like once or twice and then we forget about it because that's the thing. Like right. a lot of times just with even, and I hate to say this, even with some of these killings, people, they move on, right? Because how... I. I don't hear too much about Eric Gardner and other things. Mm -hmm. You know, you hear a little mm -hmm. bit, but you don't hear that much. You know, Sean the Bell. When the last time you heard Sean Bell? It, really, it moves I, on, though. No, I'm just, yeah, no, I'm just saying. there's so many. They're so back to back to back so that we are much. going from one killing to the other killing to, to the, the other next, killing. To the next. So it's, you know, we of course the next guy hear. loses out. You know, the guy that we, we're, there's so many of them that we can't keep up. So it becomes a memory. After the march for, let's say, Eric Gardner, there's another guy that's right behind him. Walter Scott was not far behind Eric Gardner. We went from Eric Gardner to Walter Scott. So it's, you, you know, it's hard to say, hey, let's focus on that one. Because, listen, Sandra Bland, we went from Sandra Bland to yes. Breonna Taylor. It's, yes. it's yep. too much. So Correct. it's not that we're forgetting them. It's just that it's so many killings. We're moving on to the next one. Right. And this is why I think it was... That's why I think it was why the roof blew off with George Floyd. It just became enough is enough. And I think if you allow any people to get so extraordinarily frustrated, it's only a matter of time that that's the result that you're going to get. Not for Absolutely. nothing, the pandemic helped with that because it was so many people at home watching that. Yeah. 
Yeah, it wasn't that everybody ain't moving in this fast-paced world where it's go, go, go. You had to sit and be still. Yep. It was too many people seeing that, and that's what set people off. It's like, wait a minute. Because even those people who wouldn't speak up or who who are always at work and don't know what's going on, on, they were at home to see it. The truth got shoved down their throat. Well, listen, my format is raw truth. Your format is from the ground up. What a beautiful collaboration, because where does the truth start? At the bottom, and it works its way to the top. So big shout out to everybody from from the ground up productions. Thank Thank you, you, Lady Miz. Thank you, Ray. Love you guys. Ray, put your flight jacket on. Just like I told (laughs) Miz, you're now officially part of the Time Machine flight crew. So you're always welcome to pick up the phone as well. Call into the show. Let's kick it. Next time you come, I want the two of you together. How about that? Thank you. Yes, yes, yes. We appreciate that. Absolutely. Well, listen, we want to thank you so much for coming on the show. And um, I'm, I'm glad that we have this connection. And we definitely look forward to kicking it with you again, chopping it up and having these type of discussions. So stay in That's touch. Great. And is there any final words that you want to say or any shout outs that you want to give and also tell people how they can reach you? Uh, well, I want to shout out the entire Raw Truth Radio family, DJ Mike G, our youngest in charge. He's 13 years old. You talk about 13, oh. DJ Smithy boy. This little kid is a beast. I'm telling you, his show is so good. Catch him when you can. He's on Thursdays and Saturdays. He does live on Instagram. He's also on Raw Truth Radio. You can catch me on my show, The Time Machine, every Saturday from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. on WRTWDB Raw Truth Radio. You can catch us through our website, Live 365, or talk to your Google device. I can't say her name because she'll respond. <laughs> but, uh, okay. you know, but, but it's all good. And I, I just want to remind everybody that today is the day that the Lord hath made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. If you haven't told somebody you love them today, make sure you do because you never know when you'll get another chance. Absolutely. 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 Thank you so much, brother. And listen, we will be in touch. See you soon. More than welcome. Thank you guys so much. Call me anytime. I'm out of here. Peace. All right. Peace. From the ground up. From the ground up. There's only one way to go from here.